Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We got hard knocks and the Jets. Eric Campbell, who is one of the voices of the Jets, is going to join us to discuss. I can't wait. Hey, look, I'm not smart enough to understand something, but you guys know where I'm at with college professors. One of them, some dirty little girl named Joanna Mellis, wanted to, quote, go at it with me in a pool, and it caused all an uproar because I said, no, we ain't going at it with anybody that ain't my wife. Well, college professors are at it again. Some school called Bakersville College wants to take, ladies and gentlemen, yes, they want to take conservative staff to the slaughterhouse. That's right. They want to take them to the slaughterhouse and slaughter. It's getting serious out there, people. So mind your P's and Q's. I got to tell you, going to the slaughterhouse, I don't know. It ain't good. Look at the guys. Look at these three guys. Uh, I would say that these three guys can kiss my backside. D-E-I, baby. D-E-I. D-E-I is great. It's the greatest thing in the history of the world. It is awesome. It's unbelievable. I can't believe that everybody doesn't subscribe to it. I mean, my God, look what it does. Last night, you saw something. I think it went against D-E-I. I do. And I was surprised that ESPN did it. But these guys want to slaughter people for going against D-E-I last night. I don't know what happened. Ravage white guy, Peterson white guy. Oh, boy. Scott Johnson, the director, best, best guy, white guy, Chris Budden, white guy. Oh, my God, it was almost like last night ESPN said, we've been having these people do these games in the College World Series for so long. They are the best at it. It's the best production we got. We're not going to screw it up. Punch a capesta. Look, I don't care if you're white, black, green, or purple. Doesn't matter to me. But if you are the best at it, then guess what? DEI can give a smooch to my backside when it comes to watching sports or tell or going to school. So these guys uh, are involved in a massive lawsuit. They look exactly like what they are. The guy upper right is suing. The guy with the left opposes DEI. If you oppose DEI, you go to the slaughterhouse. And the guy on the right is saying it's a POS nation. That's right. These guys are at, let me make sure I've got the school right. Oh, yeah, Bakersfield College. Hey, look, here, how do you get in Bakersfield College? You breathe on something. Yep, see right there? It's foggy. That means you're alive. That means you get into Bakersfield College to be taught by these three. One guy is suing because he's an idiot. The other guy, if you oppose DEI, You are going to be taken to the slaughterhouse. Really? I don't want to go to the slaughterhouse. There's a slaughterhouse in the woods by my house, and we used to go out there at kids. It was closed down, but we found all the big skeletal heads of cows. I don't like slaughterhouses. I don't. But I do like Troy Aikman. I do. I ain't mad at Troy Aikman. See, here's the deal. 
Uh, everybody's going to take shots at Anheuser-Busch. Everybody is going to take shots at Bud Light. You just are. That's what the position that Bud Light put themselves in. Nobody put themselves in the position uh, other than Bud Light by being, by having, I don't know what that thing was. I think it was a woman who, well, she said she was a woman. She's a businesswoman telling all of us frat boys, I wasn't a frat, I got kicked out. I'm persona non grata when I was in college. But then, ladies and gentlemen, I won the Five Side Man of the Year Award a few years ago. You are welcome. Anyway. They don't want to go to frat boys. They decided to ruin their brand. Word on the street, I was reading this last night, is that Anheuser-Busch will lose at least a quarter of its market in perpetuity. I don't know how you figure that out, but hey, I'm all for it. But Troy Aikman said this. Let's go to the video of Troy Aikman talking about his beers. This weekend, we celebrate the birth of our great nation. I am so proud to be an American. I look forward to celebrating with good food, great friends, and of course, ice cold beer. At eight, we believe in truth and authenticity. Our company is proudly based right here in Texas, and all of our beer is brewed right here in the good old USA. So I've got to call it like it is. There are a lot of beer brands out there that are trying to cash in on this holiday by slapping an American flag on their package, regardless of whether or not they are truly American. So this July 4th, drink American, whether it's eight beer or any other American-owned beer brand. And on behalf of all of us out here, we appreciate your support. Cheers. There you go. Yeah, there you go, Troy Aikman. See, I've got a, I've got a distillery here. It's called Moondrops Distillery. Drink local, baby. Moondrops Distillery. I've got the can somewhere. I don't know. It's one of the great, great distillers of all time. Everything is done right here in Fortville, Indiana. Drink local. Drink American. Anheuser-Busch ain't American no more. They can run out them damn Clydesdales and they can show me their ass, but they ain't American. You know what's American? Troy Aikman's beer. You know what's American? Moondrops Distillery. That's American. So instead of messing around with these damn weirdo commie sons of bitches, let's do ourselves a favor. Let's drink American. Let's eat American. Let's drink American this 4th of July. Now I'm being kind of serious now. I, I agree with Aikman. I got chills, baby. Look, Troy Aikman is brewing a beer in Texas. Everything's American. We all know that Anheuser-Busch, and it's a shot from Troy Aikman to Anheuser-Busch, but we all know that Anheuser-Busch is and has shown itself to be a complete fraud. Out! I got threatened by a guy from Zinc, uh, whatever it's called here, Zinc uh, Distributors. No more sponsorship for you, Dan. Well, what are you going to do? I never asked for your sponsorship. I am all in on Aikman's beer. I'm all in on Miller Lite. I'm all in on any beer that doesn't say Budweiser. And it's crushing my soul because I like Mango Cart. It's an Anheuser-Busch beer. I do. Uh, only 4% alcohol. You don't get hammered. Great taste. Great summer beer. Go ahead and try it if you'd like. But I am not drinking it. I have not drank it. And I will not drink it because it is an Anheuser-Busch beer. I'm all over the boycott. People can get mad. I got some guys saying, well, you see, I ordered a Bud Light. Good for you, man. Order your Bud Light. Me, I'm a real American. Damn it. And as a real American, I don't support and Heiser-Busch. I support Troy Aikman, damn it. And because Troy Aikman is a little bit younger than me and he's got a really young, hot wife. I support that too. Damn right. Love is love, baby. Love is love. Antonio Brown don't love nothing. I feel like this has become the Antonio Brown network. I feel like we are all in on Antonio Brown because every day this idiot 
is involved in something, well, let's just say it, idiotic. So now, ladies and gentlemen, after a week of telling us that Tom Brady treated him like a dog, like an absolute dog, well, now, ladies and gentlemen, Antonio Brown, well, he is facing a lawsuit from his people that he is facing a lawsuit from the team that he owns. It's called the Albany Empire. We've talked about this before. This clown refused to pay bills. He was going to play, whatever. So now he's being sued by the former Arena League players and coaches after he pulled money from their bank accounts. Listen to this. Before Brown got the Albany Empire kicked out of the National Arena League, look, here's something you don't do. You don't ever deal with crazy people in business, and you don't ever deal with former IU basketball players not named Dockage in business. I may be the only, and I love former IU basketball players, me and Sloan, uh, Todd Meyer, great, I mean, awesome, right? J- uh, Lyndon Jones, deal with us, but man, most are like entitled dudes. Don't do it. Just a warning. Mo Leggett said team members were paid last Thursday and Friday for the Orlando game, but a member of their group chat on Wednesday posted a screenshot of the bank account reversal. If you are dumb enough to let Antonio Brown have access to your bank account, you're getting what you deserve. Now, Leggett checked his account the next morning. His paycheck also had been deducted. Members of the arena team are planning a class action lawsuit against Antonio Brown. If you deal with, it's the Greg Doyle theory. If you deal with maniacs, eventually they show you why they're maniacs. If you deal with Cretans, that's the Greg Doyle theory. Then they show you eventually why they are Cretans. All right, you got to see this video. Look, I understand. And I said this before and I'll say this again. I understand. I understand I don't want to talk about the view. I don't. Eh, what the hell? I mean, you know what? Uh, This probably checks a box. This lady Navarro, so people can't say, well, you don't have any Mexican-American representation, so we'll show this lady. I mean, we understand the world that we live in. This lady is on the verge of tears. Tears, as she says, the big takeaway from Hunter Biden's laptop. You won't believe what the big takeaway from thieving, cheating, meth-ridden, cocaine-doing, crack-doing, horse-screwing Hunter Biden. You'll not believe what the big takeaway is from some lady named, what the hell's her name? Ana Navarro. Let's say Ana Navarro, ladies and gentlemen. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it. That's about a father. Yeah, it isn't about thieving, lying. Can you imagine if this is Donald Trump? Can you imagine for one second if this is Donald Trump? Could you imagine for one second? One second. This wouldn't be about a father. When's it ever been about a father? Huh? When? Tell me, please. This lady is insane, but I get it. Like, they're all bought and paid for. If you are still defending Joe Biden, then you're just an idiot. There's, I mean, look, I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I'm Dockage. That's what I am. I'm common sense. I'm the king of common sense. I'm the commissioner of common sense. I am first team all common sense. But if you're still defending these people, if you've read anything at all, if you paid attention even a little bit, you can't defend these people. But Ada Navarro seems to be, and she's an idiot. So we just continue. By the way, speaking of Sleepy Joe, listen to this. Joe Biden, 
is denying lying about Hunter's business deal conversations. Yeah, he is denying it. He's saying, no, I didn't do it. I did not do it. I did not do it. Uh, I did not lie. No matter what you guys say, it's like saying, no, look, I have hair. No, I do. I have hair. I have hair. And guess what? I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter. I have hair. Uh, seriously, I do. You guys, don't, you guys, what? I, I, it's like a friend of mine got caught in bed with a woman. The, his wife came in, caught him. Said, "What are you doing? You have, you know." He goes, "No, I'm not." And he said, in all sincerity, "Are you going to believe me, or are you going to believe what your eyes are telling you?" That's Joe Biden, and I love it. It's so good. It's so good that Joe Biden can just sit there and lie every single day. And the biggins on TV are are going to 1,000% back him up. Uh, Jack A. Heinrich was asked by, she's a Fox News White House uh, 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 correspondent, asked very simply, did you lie about never speaking with Hunter about his business deal? No, Biden flatly said. Uh, And then Heinrich followed up, did you ever speak with Hunter Biden about his business deal? Of course, some other reporter covered for him. Look, this is the worst president of our lifetime. This is the most corrupt president of our lifetime. And if people out there want to say, hey, look, Dan, Dan, uh, you're wrong. Great. I accept it now. I accept anybody that wants to defend Biden. I do. I accept you just as an idiot. I accept you just as a fool that hasn't paid attention. I, I accept you as somebody that would have uh, a Manson person running as a Republican, and you would, are a Democrat, and you'd say he's the greatest person ever. I, I do. I accept you. I have made my peace with you. You are an idiot. I know you're an idiot, and we'll just leave it at that, and that's the way it is. I accept it, and I think you all do too. I think you're all like, if you paid any attention, any attention to any of this. You know this guy is lying. You know this guy has always been a liar. You know he's incompetent to hold office. But hey, in fact, do we have the latest gaffe, uh, Nick? Do we have the latest where Biden is standing up there reading from a teleprompter, end of quote? Do we have that ready to go? And the next day, they sent someone out to survey her yard. As Beth wrote, this is the best thing that's happened to rural America since the Rural Electrification Act brought electricity to farms in the 30s and 40s. End of quote. End of quote. (laughs) Not only is the guy in a notebook of, I think it was his daughter, uh, showing him to be a pedophile, or at least having pedophile tendencies, not only is he the most corrupt president, not only is he mentally challenged, not only does he grab freaking Eva Longoria by the side boob, not only does he sniff little girls and fondle little boys, this guy is Ron Burgundy. And this guy is, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. Yes, he is. Let's give a hand to the 81 or 84 or 80 million, whatever, uh, voters that voted for this guy. My God. My absolute freaking God. Anyway, good for you. You did it. Yay, Ra. Go find... Uh. Man. <laughs> I swear to God. 
It, it's almost comical how much this guy is screwing up our country. All right. Speaking of screwing up the country, uh, Dr. Fauci has a new gig. Yeah, he does. Dr. Fauci is going to oversee infectious disease research at Georgetown University. Now, now here's the deal. I, I don't care. You know what I mean? I, I don't really care. I, Fauci can do what Fauci wants to do. But you know one of the things about these jobs? I'll tell you this, man. These dudes get into these jobs, and man, oh man, they just get more jobs. Like, they seriously, think about this. Uh, the former mayor of Chicago, the worst mayor of all time, got a gig doing what? Well, being on Harvard's, I don't know, faculty or something. This guy is now the czar. He is a czar, they say, of COVID. He is joining Georgetown University as a professor. Man, I tell you what, these dudes get into government and it's like, all right, I'm never leaving and I'm always having a really good job no matter how many times I lie, no matter how many times I contradict myself, a university will hire me. I've never been one that says, why waste money going to your university? But I'm starting to. I mean, professors are just utter garbage. I'm talking about 90% of them. There's probably 10% that aren't, but the world that we live in, my God. Holy cow. Uh, speaking of garbage, New York City want fire, wood-fired ovens. They want them to go. They want to cut admissions. They do. They want you to cut admissions. They want to say to you, look, I don't care what you say. We are not having wood fire ovens. That is another, by the way, that is another, another conspiracy theory. Crazy. That is proven to be true. Remember a few months ago, they said, and I quote, they're coming to get your stoves. Oh, that's crap, the Democrats said. No, that's garbage, they said. Well, guess what? They're coming to get your stoves. And a guy had had enough, and here was one man's reaction to it. Go ahead. The woke idiots who run this city are doing everything in their power to destroy it. We have naked men with their titties bouncing around all over the city yesterday in public in front of children. We have the most violent raging crime rate ever. We are being invaded by illegal immigrants who are being treated way better than our homeless veterans, our teachers, and first responder heroes who were fired, still not compensated, because they didn't take the Fauci injection. Our city schools produce the dumbest kids, and the woke punks who run New York City are afraid of pizza? The world used to respect New Yorkers as tough, thick-skinned, and gritty. Now we have become pacified. It's a damn shame. You heard of the Boston Tea Party? Well, this is the Boston, New York. This is the New York Pizza Party. Give us pizza or give us death. <laughs> give us pizza or give us death, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Give us pizza or give us death. 
Yeah, they are. Look, there's a lot, I mean, a lot of small businesses all across New York, little pizza parlors that are mom and pop shops that are going to have a real problem because this whole fake climate change, this whole climate, uh, global warming, climate change is the biggest atrocity Currently happening. Yeah, if you do a little research, nothing's changed. I mean, in 80 gazillion years, the only thing that's changed is that guys have gotten fat bank accounts. Hello, El Gore. Hello, you. Flying around in your private plane, doing all your little things, all your little speeches. Come on, people. Let's wake up. Pete Buttigieg, ladies and gentlemen. Pete Buttigieg has been flying around in a private plane. And people are like, wait a second here. Huh? Huh? What are you doing? Why is it so important for Pete Buttigieg to get home? What's he got to do? He's got his little guy there. I mean, the guy, little guy will take care of it. Do your jam job. Pete Buttigieg, by the way, is Pete Buttigieg still, I don't know, is Pete Buttigieg st- still uh, a maternity leave or paternity leave or whatever the hell leave he's supposed to be on? Yeah, people are on Pete Buttigieg's ass. All right, let's continue with the show. Roy McElroy not happy. I'm t- anybody else tired of Roy McElroy? I, seriously, anybody? I, look, I understand Roy McElroy is our guy, but is anyone else tired? And seriously, the TPC at River Highlands, it's one of the great events of the summer in the Northeast. People have supported this event for years and years and years. Folks that are in the area of ESPN, in the Connecticut area, the Bristol area, the Hartford area, West Hartford, a lot of people live in have supported this event. This event has raised tons, and I mean tons of money for charity. But this pass, Roy McElroy, who complains about God dang near everything and all he's got to do, this is what this guy does. This jackass flies around on private planes. He's made more money than God. Seriously, he has. He's made more money than God. He has a voice, and he's really not very smart. I mean, you sit there and you listen to him, and you go, oh, okay. Well, you know, he's taken his fourth grade Irish education for a spin. But hey, he can put a golf ball in a hole and do it in less strokes than most people. So we're supposed to listen. Roy McElroy tied for seventh. He finished 18 under. Unfortunately, technology has passed this course by. It sort of has made it obsolete, especially as soft that it's been with a little bit of rain. Like the conversations going back to, you know, limiting the golf ball, stuff like that, where when we come to courses like this, they just don't present a challenge that they used to. Second shortest course on the course. So now uh, you can grow the rough up, hopefully get some firm conditions so it gets tricky. I think the blueprint for a really good golf course isn't growing the rough up and making fairways tight. That bunches everyone together. The blueprint is something like L.A. CC, where you have wide targets, but if you miss, it's penal. Okay. Look, I, I don't know, but I know a lot of people volunteer at the Travelers. I know Rob Dibble has talked about when he comes on our show how he goes to it every year and what a great time he has, and this jackass should just shut up. Now, you just sometime, at some point, you just get tired of him, don't you? I mean, at some point, you're like, all right, I, Roy, enough. En- enough of you. No, seriously, enough of you. We've had enough of you. you. You had your little say. You whined like a little, you know, batch about being so tired. Uh, you got scapegoated and lived. Shut up. Hey, you know, if you can see, here's what you need to do as a human being that's going to speak up. This is what I always do. You got to look beyond your nose. You got to see what's coming before it comes. So if Roy McElroy was so stupid that the live thing side, uh, blindsided him, well, that's his fault. He's an idiot. I'm tired of him. 
fly back home, stay for a few weeks, gather yourself, come back here, win some golf tournaments, but do it by shutting up. I've had all Roy McElroy I can take. I, seriously. I, you know, I, I just have. Live tours at Valderrama. Valderrama's one of the great courses. Go play in a live tour event, Roy. Go have yourself a good time. Listen to some music. Do a little partying like the live tour dudes. Get the big fat stick right out of your backside and have a nice week. Or keep talking and make yourself look like a fool. Yeah, what are you going to do? Oh, man. Could L.A. De La Cruz be the next Mickey Mantle? Oh, Capesta. My eyes are burning. I got video. I got Joey Vada, who all of a sudden, after leading the Reds to loss after loss after loss after loss after loss, for a thousand years of losses with Joey Votto as the cornerstone. But last year, Joey Votto did something fun. He walked around the stands and shook hands with the fans. Smart. So now everybody loves Joey Votto. Joey Votto was hurt. Joey Votto came back. Joey Votto hit a couple home runs. So everybody loves Joey Votto. The Reds have been winning games. So everybody loves the Reds. This guy, L.A. De La Cruz, is the most fun player not named Otani in baseball. So everybody loves L.A. De La Cruz. Let's hear from Joey Votto about L.A. De La Cruz and the Reds. This is extreme. Has there been a better switch hitting, speed power guy? Uh, has, the only comp I can think of is Mickey Mantle, you know, young Mickey Mantle. And that's unfair to put on Ellie, the, maybe the greatest, one of the greatest players of all time. He's, Ellie's got plenty of time to entertain the fans, but he hit a ball off the wall today uh, as hard as I've seen anybody hit a ball. Yeah, and that was reasonable, but look, let's be serious. We've seen guys come up. There was a time when Jay Bruce of the Reds was the number one thing going in baseball. Sports Illustrated put him on the cover. There was a guy named Aquino who came up, hit a bunch of home runs. Uh, for the Cubs, they had a, there was a guy named Junior Lake that came up, banged a bunch of balls off the wall. I mean, I told you when Schwarber was hitting home runs uh, and batting like 400 early, Schwarber would be a 220 hitter, hit a bunch of home runs, but Schwarber has turned out to be a little bit more of that because he has the clutch gene. Let's see this guy play a little baseball before we talk about, yes, he's skilled, yes, he's athletic, but here's the deal in professional sports. In professional sports, you got to be able to handle success. Now, what, Dan, what do you mean handle success? Everybody can handle success. No, they can't. No, they absolutely can't. Most people are driven by failure and the wanting to come up. When you get success, you relax. When you get success, all of a sudden, you have many, in a guy's case, many, 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 many more women hanging around. You got the women. You got the guys. You got everybody trying to get a piece of you, and you got to be smart. You got to make damn sure that you don't fall into the trap of so many others. This guy is really fun to watch. I hope he becomes the Mickey Mantle uh, of the modern generation, but I got to tell you, not sure that he is going to. I told you, uh, Senate Republicans are moving to stop Pete Buttigieg from using private planes and wasting taxpayer money. Now, I personally don't care. I don't care about Pete Buttigieg. I really don't care who flies private planes. It's not really my thing, but I must say this. I don't like Pete Buttigieg because I think Pete Buttigieg is a freaking fraud. I don't need six weeks of maternal care. I get it. I know he and Chasen or whatever the dude's name is. It's all great. Pete Buttigieg was not hired based on his credentials as the mayor of freaking uh, South Bend. He was an awful mayor. 
Pete Buttigieg was a diversity hire, and Pete Buttigieg has turned out to be an unmitigated disaster. So there you go. I don't know if we have a tweet. I don't know if we have a video. If we got it, show it. But I have had enough of Pete Buttigieg to last me a lifetime. He was a horse bleep mayor of a horse bleep city that has one redeeming quality, and that too. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Notre Dame, and even Notre Dame's address is Notre Dame, Indiana. They don't want to be associated with South Bend. The South Bend Cubs were brought there way before Pete Buttigieg was ever the mayor. South Bend Cubs and my friend Brendan King is the announcer. That's great. Other than that, South Bend is a rat-infested, drug-ridden, crime-saddled blank hole, and he's the mayor that put him there and did nothing like his mentor, President Obama. But hey, Buddha judges gay. So he walks on water, my ass. I judge people by the content of their character, not by who they're stupid. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Hey, look, uh, Hard Knocks and the NFL and the Jets is a perfect combination. You all know the story. I mean, Robert Sala, that's one thing. Uh, Zach Wilson saying he's going to make life miserable for every quarterback that comes in, except, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers just came in. Eric, (laughs) Eric Goldman joins us. He is synonymous with the Jets. He played there. He's part of their broadcast team. Uh, He's in his car hiding from the rain. Uh, He's got it all, baby. All right. As a Jet, as a Jet broadcaster, what are your thoughts about this, the Jets on hard knocks? As a broadcaster, I'm excited for it. It's it's a perfect equation. I think the NFL kind of fell into this perfect storyline with the Jets. Uh, You got so many different characters. Aaron Rodgers coming to New York. That's a big storyline. You got all pro uh, D tackle Quinnen Williams going through a contract negotiation. Uh, You know, there's, there's star power. There's a lot of characters on the team. I think this is going to be great for the league. I like, like the the focus is obviously going to be Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, now, however they play that, whatever Rodgers involvement is, but it's got to be a little bit about Zach Wilson. It's the second pick in the draft, and you mentioned it. It's, th- there are dudes on that team, the wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, terrific. There are dudes on that team. So this is about as exciting as I think Hard Knocks could possibly, or an exciting a group as Hard Knocks could possibly have gotten. Oh, yeah. You know, and the Jets have aspirations. They're, they're talking about Super Bowl. They're talking about winning the AFC East. There's a ton of players on this team. And the story of Zach Wilson is a, is a great one because he's a second pick overall, a guy who's underachieved. He, he's had some questions about his character. And now you're going to get a close-up view of how he works, how his teammates treat him, uh, the behind-the-scenes look. And, uh, you know, to look at all these guys, all these characters on the team, Sauce Gardner, you know, who's, who's a prolific player on the defensive side. Uh, you know, you got Garrett Wilson, who's a rookie of the year uh, as well. So there's a ton of star power on, on, on this lineup. 
is going to be great for the league. I'm not sure the Jets are so happy about it because not a lot of teams have success after being on hard knocks. They've done it once before. Hopefully this is going to turn the tide and, and, and be the, they'll be the outlier and be that team that has success with hard, knock, hard knocks in their building. All right. I want you to take you back to being a player. A couple years ago, the Colts had hard knocks first time in the building in the season. All right, Eric, as a former coach, I would ask, all right, is it distracting? And everybody, no, no, no. During the season, everybody, no. And I, and I told my radio audience, wait till next year and we'll get the truth. So you know what happened? The season's over. The next year, I would ask the same people, was Hard Knocks a distraction? Oh, man, I'm so glad those cameras are out of there. I'm so damn, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like having like you know it's, it's having a camera everywhere you go. You have to watch what you say because you never know what's going to be displayed uh, on on the television. Your your mother, your grandmother can see it. Uh, you know, opponents can look at uh, different things. So I'm sure it's a big distraction. And one thing that all coaches and organizations hate are distractions. They'll get rid of a player if he's somewhat of a distraction. And having a camera crew follow you around every aspect of your life it's it's a big distraction, and it definitely does not help your team gaining gain an advantage. Well, I want to ask you this, because I had a couple of guys, one, um, Jack Doyle, I, I, we were at an event together. I'm like, hey, Jack, you know, I don't, I don't see you much on hard knocks. He's like, yeah, I'm just staying the hell out of the way. Right. <laughs> and then there's other guys that are out front trying, you know, Darius uh, or Shaq Leonard was out front. You know, he wanted everybody. How would you have been as a player? Which side of that pendulum would you have been on? Oh, I, I would have definitely been staying out of the way. It was funny because, you know, when we have our games, guys would be mic'd up. And as soon as someone is mic'd up, it's like, oh, they're like the feds coming into the building. You want to make sure you stay away from them. You don't want to be caught on camera saying anything. And you kind of, you know, it's like, oh, he's mic'd up. Make sure you stay away from him when you're telling stories. So I would, I would be a guy who is probably out of the way. I'm not really an attention seeker. There, there are a lot of characters on each team. There's always that attention seeker where the cameras come around they look up at the camera, and now they start yelling at everybody, giving them a pep talk because the cameras are around. So you know, there, there's plenty of those. I'm definitely not one of them. I'm staying out of the way. I would have stayed, hey, I'd have stayed in the damn corner. I would have hoped they didn't follow me because some of the stuff <laughs> I was up to when I played before cameras, I didn't need that on camera. Nothing need, I, you know, I would be over here. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you. All right, uh, let me go to this, though. Last thing. Um you look at the Jets, and Aaron Rodgers comes in. You mentioned Sauce Gardner. They have, like here in Indy, we, we, we overpaid a left guard. You know, we pay linebacker. You know, you guys pay playmakers. My contention is you got to have playmakers in modern NFL. You better have someone that is a corner. You better have a pass rusher. You better have playmaker wide receivers. Now you got a quarterback in your mind, what is realistic? What, what should expectations be against what they are? Well, you know, I, I think in reality, the Jets can, can definitely make a, make a wild card run. And once you get into the tournament, depending on how they're playing, they can get hot. You know, I was a part of an Atlanta Falcons team that lost to Aaron Rodgers, who was on a wild card, who they barely got in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers got hot 
They ended up going through the league and winning the Super Bowl. So if the Jets can just get into the tournament, let's take one step at a time. Uh, you know, I know they have aspirations of winning the AFC East, but there are some tough teams in the AFC East. Buffalo is continuing to get better. Miami's gotten better. And the talks about DeAndre Hopkins going to the Patriots is going to make New England better. So it's going to be a, a bloody, uh, you know, battered division, whoever makes it out of the AFC East. If the Jets can just make it out, make that playoff run, get into the tournament, I think they'll give themselves a great opportunity. Your, your expectations are far less than what I'm reading from fans and writers <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, you get Aaron Rodgers and, and on paper, it makes sense. You know, you have a great defense, a top 10 defense. And you look at last season, I, I believe I read a stat where if the Jets offense would have scored 21 points a game, they would have they would have went like 15 and two. You know, the, the defense is that good. The offense was that bad last year. They didn't put up any points. They turned over the ball quite a bit. Uh, the defense was out on the field a lot. So having a quarterback in the fold is going to going to help this team exponentially. And on paper, it sounds great, but that division is just so difficult. You know, Eric, you, you've been outspoken on uh, Colin Kaepernick and why he chose to go the social media route. What's your stance on that? What's your take? Well, you know, it, it's all, it's been the same since day one. You know, when he was in that third preseason game, how it used to work, there were four preseason games in the NFL. And on the third preseason game is the dress rehearsal for the starters. So when you go into that game, you know the starters are going to play into the first half. They're going to get a couple of reps in the second half. And it's the big time. It's the big, it's the big game of the preseason. It's the last time these guys are going to play. Colin Kaepernick knew he wasn't the starter. He wasn't starting that game. The national anthem came on. He's sitting on the bench drinking Gatorade Pouton. And then all of a sudden, someone asked him, why were you sitting on, on, on the bench? Why were you being a distraction? And then he comes up with this whole thing about social injustice. And now he's a social warrior. And uh, it, it's, it, it was frustrating for me and a lot of the players because, yes, the movement taking a knee did raise awareness to, to a great cause. But at the same time, it was started. I don't think it was started genuinely. Uh, with Colin Kaepernick. I think he was sitting over there pouting on the bench. And, and that's kind of where that's that's where the way I feel about it. And ever since he's he's been, uh, you know, put up as this this big time person, he's done nothing. He, he's done nothing to, to help the community. You know, he's talking about Marxism. Just help get to where he is. Marxism. This is a guy who's capitalize off capitalism. He's making a ton of money worth $40 million at a $5 million mansion. And he's talking about going to communism. I would love Colin Kaepernick to go over to Cuba and live for a couple of years, go, go to Venezuela for a couple of years and live, give up that, that big salary he has and come back. I guarantee you he would love what the USA has to offer. Well, I mean, I, you know, we saw it with Brittany Griner. All of a sudden Brittany Griner's like, yeah, I'm standing for the anthem. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Uh, I think people, you know, I, I, I do think this. I think people take what we have here far, far, far too for granted. Look, it ain't perfect, and obviously there are communities that are marginalized, and, and, and the United States has to continue to work to get better. But damn, uh, we're pretty lucky to be born here when you take the whole broad picture. Absolutely. I mean, you look at all the other countries and you look at the United States of America. Where can a kid like myself, 
who grew up with two parents who were who had struggled with addiction. My my mother was in prison when I was coming out of high school. I was living with friends. I can go get a college education, go play professional football, and make something of myself. You can't do that in every country. And this country is is a wonderful country. Yes, it has its issues. Yes, it has uh, different things that we need to continue to work on. But it's not so bad of a place. Do you think? Do you is Kaepernick? Uh, in the African-American community, not necessarily just players, is Kaepernick a serious guy? Is he somebody that is revered slash respected? What's he, how is he viewed? Well, in, in a lot of different pockets, yes, he's, he's very respected. And, and listen, I have to give Colin Kaepernick respect. He's, he's raised a lot of awareness. He's raised money. He's helped kids. Uh, but just some of the things that he does to promote himself – uh, you know, I just don't agree with, you know, they're, they're unethical. You, you talk about Marxism, you talk about, uh, you know, the only way that, that blacks can thrive in this country is through socialism. It's, it's, it's leading the right, it's giving the wrong message to the community. You know, the, everyone needs to stop with the excuses, continue to work. Yes, we have to continue to grow, but you know, to feel sorry for yourself is not going to get anyone anywhere. Uh, I'm going to read something that has never been said of me, uh, but it's been said about you by Connie Harris on our YouTube chat. I really like this, Eric. He's really smart and he's very cute, too. There you go. (laughs) Thanks so much, Connie. I don't know who you are, but thank you. (laughs) Hey, uh, last thing before I let you go. When, When you look at what's happening uh, all across the NFL, And one of the things is TV and people are complaining about Thursday night games. NFL's, you know, going to have black Friday games over Thanksgiving as a player. Um, I look at things maybe a little differently. Like, look, you can look at Thursday night short week, or you can look at Thursday night. Hey, I got a long weekend. That's going to be great coming up. How do players view not just playing Sunday or Monday? Well, you know, a lot of players get frustrated, especially as you get towards the end of the season uh, when the injuries are, you know, prevalent and you're, there's not a lot of re- um, rehabilitation time after your Sunday game. But as a player, we always got excited about a Thursday game because we understood it's a short week. There's not a ton of game planning. You're just going out there. Uh, you're preparing yourself to play. You just have to make it to Thursday. Uh, if you make it to Thursday, you can make it through. Everyone's going to be tight. Everyone's going to be sore. If you can make it to Thursday, you have a long week get ahead of you it's like another buy and uh it, it was always like a reward to have that weekend after afterwards and we understood that listen the nfl is in it to make money this is a this is a money making machine and if there's a big opportunity for the league to make money that's how our salaries are paid through all these tv contracts and you know yes you're going to complain why you have to do it but at the end of the day you have to look at the bigger picture and understand that this is putting more money into the players and the former players pockets Last thing, how much more juice is there in the locker room for a Monday night football game as opposed to just a regular Sunday 1 o'clock game? Oh, the Monday night games are pretty excited. Uh, you know, you you understand that everybody's watching this game. You know, your, your high school teacher, your ex-girlfriend, uh, your, your for, former competitors, everybody's going to watch the Monday night game. Uh, one thing that was tough for me coming from the West Coast is that they play the game at 8 o'clock. So you're sitting around in your hotel room, you know, you're watching Judge Judy. You're trying to, you know, abide your time and get ready for this game. And then all of a sudden you got to turn it on. 
And uh, so, but Monday night is a, is a big game. Everybody's hyped for it. Yeah, I used to watch a lot of Jerry Springer as a coach waiting for a night game. I had Springer going a lot. I kind of like it. I, I realize I'm not the craziest person. Hey, hey, I got to have you on again, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate I would love you, it. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Hey, that, that was a lot of fun. That's a smart dude right there. He's right. You know, the Jets are an interesting team. I mean, look, and I think Hard Knocks got so lucky. I mean, honest to God, you know they're going to bring Zach Wilson home so everybody can see his mom. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Sauce Gardner, you got Garrett Wilson, you got Robert Sala. Is he on the hot seat? Here's a question for you Jets fans, and it's a simple question. Like, if they do just make it as a wild card and they get beat in the first uh, round in the, in, the, in the wild card weekend, what, what does that mean for the coaching staff? I mean, is that an abject failure? It's kind of fascinating because most Jets people are telling me, hey, look, hey, hold on here. This is a Super Bowl team. You know, the division, it's good. Is it great? Tua, eh. Mac Jones, eh. Obviously, Josh Allen, but there's some cracks in there with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. So, hey, look, I don't really know. But what I do know, don't, uh, don't sleep on the Jets. Uh, and I've never said that before. Actually, truthfully, the Jets are one of those teams that other than when Ken O'Brien met Mike or uh, Dan Marino in a game that ended up like 48-45, I've never really even gave a rat's about the Jets. I guess maybe when Mark Sanchez came into Indianapolis uh, with Buddy Ryan's son, Rex, and beat him, I guess. But, hell, I, I don't know. Uh, look, apparently we got a basketball beef we got a basketball beat. Pablo Panchero is or has angered the Italian Basketball Federation. Apparently, Pablo Panchero, the reigning rookie of the year in the NBA, well, his federation, they ain't happy. You know what? That Victor uh, Wembayani isn't playing in FIBA either as they get ready for the NBA. But, hey, we got basketball beef. Look, if you are a nation, and you brought this guy up through your system, okay, then I believe that you should go play for that nation. Like, you know, in Serbia, they have these academies. These academies are basically where kids are taken, not, not taken, taken sounds like bad, but it's not, where kids are, well, they're taken, and that's their schooling, that's everything. You understand what I'm saying? That's the whole deal. And truthfully, you kind of owe it as they develop you, they fed you, they, they did all this kind of stuff, um, you should play for them. Well, the Italian national team is calling Paolo Banchero's decision to play with Team USA a mockery. He's not happy. You know, I don't know why it's a mockery for an American to play for an American country, or for, you know, for America. But if you're like a guy, oh, I don't know, if, if, if you're Nikolai Jokic, who, you know, maybe he's tired and I would give him a pass if he didn't play, but if you're brought up through that system, you got to play. He wasn't brought up, uh, Panchero wasn't brought up through this system. He wasn't brought up uh, through the Italian Basketball Federation system, so he has no obligation to play. He's brought up through the American system out on the West Coast, and he went to Duke, so he has a, if you're going to pick one, you play. So basketball beef, we can beef it. We can beef it all you want. But I ain't mad about it. All right, a lot of people are calling attention to this video, and I want you to watch this. Ice Cube is my guy. In fact, I should have sent my picture 
of me and Ice Cube at ESPN dropping deuces. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to send it to the boys here. I forgot to do that. I was going to do it last night. But the truth of the matter is Ice Cube runs the Big Three basketball tournament, and Ice Cube feels like he's being jacked with by the NBA, by networks, by the gatekeepers. Let's hear from my friend Ice Cube. Yeah, he is. Yeah. A lot of people might say, like, well, but Cube, you want to work with the NBA. Really, I don't give a fuck about working with the NBA. What I want them to do when I say work with us is to stop working against us. Stop doing that bull behind the scenes that we know you're doing. Um, mainstream media, you know, they ain't fucking with us. And that's cool. We can do it ourselves. You know what I'm saying? What am I going to do to deal with these motherfucking gatekeepers? Well, what I'm going to do is go on a the gatekeepers podcast tour. Well, he is defending his brand, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh... The NBA has every right not to just embrace another league. It does. It has every right. Now, we all understand there's always a backstory. And I've told you there's always a backstory in every situation. And I don't think anybody knows the backstory, what he's talking about relative to working against them. Now, you got to understand the NBA media. The NBA media is almost worse than the NFL media. The NFL media prides itself on being part of the exclusive club. That's where Urban Meyer fell short. He came from college, big reputation, a lot of jealousy. And next thing you know, there was nothing he could do that was right. Uh, Matt Rule didn't face the same scrutiny. The NBA media, they are protected because they like to hang with the players. They like being part of the scene. They like the music. They like the clubs. They like the strip joints. They like to tell their friends, hey, look, man, AI text me. Hey, look, man, Steph just called. I mean, they're the biggest name droppers in America. They're the worst. So there's no question that they would work against another league to protect their own. And you know what? That's part of the world that we live in. So I'm anxious to see. I hope this is a broader issue because Ice Cube has not exactly fallen in line with the very, 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 very poorly informed folks that live in inner cities that keep electing Democrats. He, along with Charles Barkley, who famously said, look, African-Americans keep electing Democrats in cities and African-Americans keep being poor. Well, he ain't wrong. Ice Cube is part of that. He thinks for himself. He is not part of groupthink. So I'm anxious to see what happens with Ice Cube. Is this just the NBA or is this a broader issue with Ice Cube? I can't wait to see because I think this man is really, really smart. I think this man is really business savvy, very wise. His diss track, No Vaseline, is an anthem in my house. I love it. When I'm working out, when I'm giving you the QC Kinetics workout, baby, and I'm going five miles on the elliptical, I got no Vaseline strumming in my ears. That's right, I do. I do, it's great. It's the greatest diss track of all time. If you don't believe me, you send me which is better. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. All right? All right. Uh, LSU's top NIL donor decided he was going to break Merle Haggard's old record by buying, think about this, more than $40,000 
worth of jello shots. Happy to support the food banks and the Tigers as part of the College World Series Shot Board Challenge. Let's get it done today. See you all around 4 o'clock at Rocco's. How about that? 8,888 rally shots. Gordon McCarron at Rocco's today with proceeds supporting local food banks. Records are meant to be broken, especially those that support charities. In the meantime, remember to drink responsibly and get it done, Tigers. You Tigers, College World Series 2023, I like Gordon. I do. I like young rich dudes. Seriously. I like young stupid rich dudes. Not stupid personally, but stupid rich. I think they're awesome. Matt Ishbia with the uh, Phoenix Suns. Freaking awesome. Gordon McKern. I don't know Gordon McKern, and I know he gives a lot of money, so good for him. But Gordon McCurran buying all 8,888. <laughs> I got two things that I'm going to do this year. One, I'm going to a Premier League game. I don't care if I, I may get fired, but I'm going to a Premier League game. I'm going. And two, I'm going to go to LSU night football game. I am. I got to find out when ESPN's doing it and sneak in their rooming list. Yeah. My buddy... Uh, Greg McElroy, I need him to hook me up. Yo. All right. Uh, North <laughs> NYC. I love NYC College. I do. I got a good friend. We called him the mayor. He looked like Ed Koch. His name is Jay Perlman, my boy. Anyway, uh, NY College slams graduate who went viral for a mic drop tantrum. Let's see this tantrum, shall we? I love a good team. Okay, go. Let's go. Let's go. You didn't let me get my moment, so I want to say my name is Kadijata Diallo, and I'm graduating today. Hey, I like yes. you snatched the mic out of my head, so today is going to be all about me. Oh, drops the mic. Congratulations. All right. Yeah, great. Great. Just act like an idiot. I mean, you know, at some point, there's got to be a little decorum in this room. Every day, every day we see stuff like this. Every day we see idiots. Every single day. A lot of people blame it. Oh, I don't know. You blame it on COVID. I just blame it on idiots. I think we are a lawless society that has no respect for anybody else. And we like to act like jackasses. It's what we do. Every day. It's every day. Well, Dokich, you sub. You're racist. I ain't racist. It's every day. I want to tell you, it's every day. Every day people act like, every day people disrespect. Every day people act like, every single day in every single way. Yay, Ra, you showed everybody, you dropped your mic. Now you get to go do whatever it is you do. People are exhausting, man. Seriously. It's just exhausting. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm. good for you. All right, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, um, Riley Gaines is not alone. You're never going to believe. You got to stay here. Tell your friends. I'm going to start with Taylor May Silverman, who is stepping up uh, right with Riley Gaines. But I'm going to tell you something that I swear to God, when we come back, when I tell you this, you are not going to believe it. You are going to say, holy hell, this can't be real. But it's real. I promise you it's real, and you will not believe what I'm going to tell you as I talk to Taylor May Silverman when we come back. I promise. <laughs> 
promise. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. You know, in the last, oh, I don't know, year, Taylor, Taylor May just told me that she was on a year ago. I thought it was much sooner than that. Taylor May Silverman joins us. I got to ask you, I, 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 I saw this, and of, we've seen naked men in pride parades. We've seen women in, uh, men in women's spaces. I, I, but this may be the most insane. All right, I'm going to read this to you. Transgender athlete Austin Killips claims that biological men are underrepresented in women's sports. What is this? That's funny because Austin Killips is a male cyclist and there's like over 50 male cyclists and women cycling right now. I actually was just in Tennessee at the cycling national championships and I witnessed Austin Tillips race with the women. And I stood there with a big flag that said save women's sports in protest. And everyone I talked to 100% of the people who came up and spoke to me because they agreed, they were supportive. They said, this is ridiculous. I have a daughter in the race or I just came out here because they do this every year, or I'm a cyclist myself. I'm in a different division. This is insane. It's so ridiculous. Like one male athlete in a women's division is too many. They're not underrepresented. They are, they are dominating and they are invading this space. It's, it's like, okay, I thought for a second, well, maybe he's talking about being CEOs. Maybe he's talking about being executives. Maybe he's talking about running uh, you know, putting on the races. No, he wants and is complaining about biologic. How stupid. Like, have you ever talked to this guy, Austin Killips? He's got to be among the dumbest human beings to walk the face of the earth. I have not spoken with him. I have spoken with other transgender identifying athletes and usually the vibe that I get is a bit of narcissism and just totally being unaware of the reality of the situation here and having no regard whatsoever for the female athletes who are affected by their actions. You, you came and, and were one of the first. You and Riley were one of the first that came out. Yours uh, was a skateboarding contest where you lost to guys, which a women's skateboarding contest, you lose to guys, just baffles me and it will always baffle me. Why did you decide to come out and how has it been for you in the year since? Well, I, I'd actually competed with male athletes three different times in skateboarding contests. And it was the third time that I decided I had had enough in the beginning. It, it happened the first time back in 2018. And I really thought that this is so ridiculous. It will surely be resolved. There's no way this can actually go on. And I watched it only get worse. And it actually got to a point that, I had been bumped out of first place 
in two different contests. And at this third contest, which was a Red Bull contest, I had lost out on prize money. Like the individual who won got $5,000 of the prize money that was intended for female athletes. So I was watching this happen. I'd heard these other stories. And in skateboarding, I knew this was happening and a lot more common. Like every time it happened to me, it was a different male. So, and those are just a few. I get photos sent to me of other contests and I hear other people reaching out to me that about a contest they or their daughter competed in. So there's actually a huge group of male athletes dominating women's skateboarding right now. And it's insane, but it, it broke my heart that nobody else would say anything like in all these contests I did, there were dozens of women aside from me who were impacted. And I couldn't believe that no one else would say anything. And then I realized I'm not saying anything either. Like I, I need to speak up. It's the only way that anything is going to change. It's the only way that I'm going to feel better because I felt this incredible guilt for not saying anything. And I felt like my silence could actually lead people to believe I was okay with it. And I was not. And I know that this is a lot bigger than skateboarding. This is impacting just about every sport on every level. And it's, it's impacting young girls too. And I, I don't think they should have to advocate for themselves. So I'm a little bit older. I've been doing this a long time and I felt like I was in a position that I could speak up. So I did, I didn't think anyone would listen, but that uh, wasn't the case. I've gotten a lot of support and a lot of people have heard my story. Do you, do you, do you face backlash? Um, most of the, like the backlash is just online comments, people bullying me, Yeah. but in real life, it's yeah. been 100% support. Like when I first made this post, the people who came to bully me came first and then very quickly it changed to a lot of support and it's been like life changing how much support I've gotten. I was getting job offers and I took one of those. Like I've been working at Timcast now for a year and I have met some of the most incredible people. I have met the best team of female athletes who have gone through similar experiences and are working together to get this fixed. And I like, I wouldn't change that for the world. It's, it's so amazing to be surrounded by these ladies and we've had a similar experience. We can relate on that. And we all know how important it is to, to work, to resolve it. So we have, uh, we have done a lot of speaking events together. I have done a lot of traveling around and I've continued to post online. I think that's a great way to reach people. And all these girls are doing that too. Yeah. You know, um, but it, 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 do you sometimes, what's the right way to put this? Do you sometimes feel like uh, it's such an uphill battle and then you look at it and you say, how could this possibly be an uphill battle? Like it's just logic and common sense. Yeah, a lot of times I, I think like, how are we even at this point? This should have been something that the first time it happened, everybody just agreed we're not going to do this. This isn't right. But there's been a lot of push to actually allow men to participate in women's sports. And the people who are pushing it, I think that they fit in two groups. One is they're really stupid. And the other is they know better, but they're total liars. So 
the people on our team, we're working for this because we're passionate about it and because we want to do the right thing. And though it is a a long battle and it's it's one of those things that we've kind of had to watch get worse before it gets better. And people have to become aware that it's happening because there were a lot of people who who didn't really believe this was happening. And when they see these real life stories, right. when they hear somebody who actually went through it speak up about it, they realize, oh, this is actually a big problem. And this should be on my radar, whether I'm a female athlete, whether I'm a parent, whether I'm an American who wants to be able to exercise free speech without being called uh, ridiculous names and being falsely accused of being hateful or transphobic or whatever. We need to be able to have these discussions. And I think more people are becoming aware. And I think that the tides have really begun to turn because there there's a lot of support on our side. And None of us, including myself, have any plan of stopping until this is solved. Taylor, let me let me ask you, Olympics are coming up. What do you think happens in the Olympics? I I'm not sure what's going to happen with skateboarding specifically. There was actually a a man trying to get into women's skateboarding in the Olympics for USA skateboarding and um what happened is they denied him because of testosterone levels. So it's a good thing he wasn't on the team, but also are women a hormone level? No, there are a lot of biological factors that separate male and female. So to bring it down to just that, I, I don't think is honest and I don't think it's a good measure to go by. So I'm not sure what the guidelines are going to be for the upcoming Olympics. And I know that different sports handle it differently. There are transgender Olympics competing in the women's Olympics in different sports. And like the Olympic committee really has to take a stand on this because if they put it in the rules that this is allowed, these athletes are technically going by the rules. And then women are scared to speak up because they don't want to potentially be punished for it. So the people who create these guidelines, these uh, governing bodies and Olympic committee, they have to take a stand. And I think that we're slowly starting to see that shift. And when this happens, people are outraged. So if we witness it happen again, people are going to be outraged. It's going to be huge news stories. And the more of us speaking up about it, the harder it is for them to ignore us. Bobby Barack on our uh, Outkick Network at Outkick.com is a fearless writer. And he wrote an article that said it's okay now to come out of the closet, per se, and criticize not only the, uh, the, uh, the, the whole women's movement here, or the transgender movement, to invade women's sports. I think for so long, so many people other than you, you were one of the first, Riley Gaines, one of the first, um, were so afraid. I think people thought immediately we're going to be canceled because it, for whatever the reason, the clowns on the, on the mainstream media on the far left here are insane about this. We saw, I have two friends, Sage Steele of ESPN, Sam Ponder of ESPN. Sam's a woman. I know her name is Sam. They mm -hmm. got called bigoted, racist by, an, by Nancy Armour, who is a USA Today columnist. They got called, and it's about the worst thing you can be called. So I think people were afraid, other than brave people like you, to speak out. But I think now, screw that. I mean, it's time for people to speak. Yeah, and I'm not the first. Like, I witnessed other people speaking up before I did. 
like um, Selena Soul, she's a Connecticut track runner. She's been speaking up for a long time. She went through this for four Trash. years in high school. And um, I even saw men speaking up about this. I saw Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro speaking up about this. And they were saying, how can we, you know, stand up for these girls if they won't stand up for themselves? And I realized they're right. Like we have to stand up for ourselves. And there is a lot of fear. People don't want to have, you know, a smear campaign run about them on the internet. But I, I think people are smarter than that. When they see that, they know that that is the goal, that people try to shut you up by accusing you of horrible things. And I have been called every name in the book. Like this weekend when I went to protest at this cycling event in Tennessee, there was an article written that uh, called us a hate group. But it, now I post it. And people laugh at it. It's so ridiculous. And I don't think it really does any good for people who identify as transgender when these so-called activists call everything hateful and transphobic. It's like the boy who cried wolf. If everything is right. transphobic, how can we take anything seriously? Uh, I get called a bigot every day before mm -hmm. nine. Like every day before nine, I, I know a bigot or a racist is coming because I'll stand up for you or I'll stand up for Sage or I'll stand up for my wife. I, I mean, anybody, well, you're immediately a bigot. There's no debating. There's no, there's no debating. It held, I don't know if you saw the one idiot, what's her name? Kelly Robinson uh, in front of Congress just get blasted by Riley Gaines because she mm -hmm. was so ill-prepared. She didn't understand that the 203rd-ranked man in America or in the, in the world beat the living brakes off Serena Williams. And Serena Williams even admitted, she goes, I can't compete with these guys. But this idiot did not know this and gets up in front of Congress ill-prepared and, and, and Riley just crushed her soul. And it was glorious. Yeah, and it's, it's like arguing with common sense and... I've been saying this for this whole time that to be on board with thinking that allowing men and women sports is okay. You have to ignore a lot of facts. And now we're seeing not only do you have to ignore them, you have to make them up too. And that's what we witnessed. But Riley is such a good advocate and she, she actually experienced this in the NCAA. And I, I am so grateful for her and her voice because she's inspired me a lot. And she's been an excellent role model and friend to me. And um, yeah, she she did so awesome. Like th those flips were blowing up all over Twitter. And yeah, she uh, it's not hard to make these people look stupid when they say stupid things. But she has a very particular way of uh, doing it. And it, it's it's comical, honestly. Uh, my wife calls it. Uh, when you can really, she coached for a hundred years and she's a legend in the softball <laughs> community. She calls it, I give them dry face. When I want to make mm -hmm. an opinion, when I want to dispute something, I just do a dry face. Like you're so stupid for thinking or saying that, that I'm not even going to react facially. I'm just simply going to mm -hmm. tell you where you're an idiot and then we'll move along. <laughs> you know, it's just that Riley has great dry face. She does. She has great dry face. It's fantastic. All right. What's next for you? I know you're in Nashville. It's just amazing. We got to, in 2023, talk about saving women's sports instead of enhancing women's sports. But that's where we're at. What's next for you? Where are you at next? Well, I, well, I was just in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee for this event, but I'm actually back out at Timcast now. I work out here, so... 
I, uh, I, they're very supportive of me continuing to talk about this issue and travel when I need to. But I work on a comedy show out here called Cast Castle, and we get to make fun of these woke issues and spoof current events. So if you ever need to tune out from all the seriousness for a bit and just laugh about some of it, that's what we do over on that show. And um, aside from that, I, I just got engaged. I'm starting to plan a wedding. And I've got uh, like a trip home to my, see my family soon, but I'm going to keep using my voice on this issue and I'm going to keep posting these stories as they happen and just keep advocating for what's right because I know that people have to see others do it for them to join in too. And I needed that. So I hope that my voice has inspired some more people to speak up. And I think in this past over a year now it has, I've, I've received a lot of messages from people thanking me for doing this. What's the name of the company you're working for? I want to start up. I want to get it. I want to watch. So what, what, what company? Uh, Timcast media. The website is timcast.com and there's a big show. Can you, can you that spell they, that for me? Yeah, it's T I M C A S T. Tim cast. It's Tim pool's company. So he actually reached out to me after I spoke up because he is also a skateboarder and he wanted to have me come out as a guest and like do an interview. And I spent a couple days out here and then like they, they asked me if I wanted to stay a little bit longer. And after about a week or so he asked, you just want to come work out here. Like we'd like to keep you around. And I've been here for a year now. It's crazy. It's flown by, but I really like working here and I have private skate parks at my work, which is a really cool bonus. <laughs> hey, keep speaking. And thank you, Taylor. Thank you so much. And th thank you for having me on again. Like I, I was telling you before we started recording, you were one of the first people whose show I did right in the beginning. So I was really excited to see you guys reach out again. And maybe we'll touch base again in another year. But hopefully we don't have to. Hopefully this is resolved by then. Well, I hope. I mean, I, I'd touch base with you on any other subjects, too, because you're brilliant, you're smart, you're funny, and uh, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming on again. Really, I, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. All right, there you go. I mean, I don't even understand how we can possibly – be debating this. It's so it's it's and thank God for women. Thank God for women that have the stones to stand up. I mean, look, we don't have we don't have that. Like ESPN, um, nobody's standing up. You know, L. Duncan did a thing encouraging quote girl dads to encourage their daughters to have abortions to support that from her desk at ESPN Sports Center, but nothing on allowing men to invade women's spaces in sports from her desk at ESPN? I mean, it is amazing to me that we allow this. It's amazing to me that I can turn on ESPN, see a woman sports anchor who is so passionate about abortion or whatever, and on her sports center desk, not even address this. Even the New York Times said that there is a physical advantage to women or to men 
in women's sports. The New York Times op-ed came around. Nothing from ESPN. Not one single thing from a sports network. Not one single thing from L. Duncan or Nicole Briscoe or any of these other frauds at ESPN. Not one. In fact, I would argue that Nicole Briscoe is such a pos that she went after Sage Steele. Now, Nicole Briscoe is somebody that's there simply because her husband. She's horrible. She is awful. I saw her yesterday, so I gave it a watch. She is terrible at her job, and not even in a fun way. She's that whiny, ridiculous, doesn't-know-anything idiot. And Sage Steele is arguably the absolute best in the business at her job, no matter what job you put her in on television. But she's being hidden in the corner because ESPN... Didn't want her speaking out. Did you see this yesterday? And I was texting with Sage last night. $501,000 plus uh, okay legal fees is what ESPN paid Sage Steele to shut her up. Are you insane? Are you absolutely insane? $500,000, that thing is worth 10 times that. You don't try to shut up, people, because they ask, well, hey, President Obama... Uh, views himself as black, but his mother is white and his father is out of the picture. Just questioning that, questioning a woman getting the vaccine when every intelligent doctor knew, hey, wait a second here, for women, we don't have enough. We don't know enough yet. So they put her in, ah, go over here. They suspend her. They force her to make an apology, which she does because you know what? Sage Steele's divorced and she has to pay her freaking husband a ton of money. So this woman is standing up. But I don't see any of these jackasses at ESPN, men or women, standing up for either her or Sam Ponder, who got absolutely vilified, I mean vilified, in the USA Today by a skeezy, wormy, disgusting woman named Nancy Armour who nobody has read until she became anti-woman. Nobody knew Aunt Nancy more. She had a job because she's a woman. She didn't have a job because she got any insight. She goes into locker rooms to look at, the, look, look at the athletes or ask a question or get an autograph. She's full of shit. And next thing you know, she's writing that women that have basically worked their ass off. Did you know that Sam Ponder did this? Did you know that Sam Ponder, who went to Liberty, had no connection to anything, thought, when I'm moving to New York, I'm going to work at an ESPN Zone restaurant, that's the way I'm going to get into ESPN. And she did. And then she became, you know, she got jobs, and then she became the sideline uh, reporter for Tariko, myself, Scott Johnson, and uh, Bart Fox, and did a great job. Great job. People started noticing her on Tuesday night Big Ten broadcast because Tariko and I were the best team, are the best team in the history of ESPN. And people started watching in droves. It was nuts. And she now is the host of the number one show on ES, all because she worked her ass up. Nancy Moore went to some crap college, and next thing you know, because she's a woman and a writer and in sports, she gets a job at USA Today. That's it. You can say whatever you want, because nobody, and I mean nobody, ever read this woman. 
And now she's interesting because she runs around without facts. She runs around without anything calling women racist and bigots. And she's just horrendous. She is just absolutely effing horrendous. And so I love seeing women like Taylor Silverman. I love seeing like Sage Steele tell ESPN, I got your 500,000 right here. I love seeing Sam Ponder respond back and make Nancy Amore look like a complete dumbass. But good for Nancy Amore. We would have, I was, I've been in broadcasting 24, uh, 15, 17, 18 years, whatever it is. Never said her name. Never thought to have her as a guest on anything. Never. Ever. Not one time. Never. Not once. But, you know, now, of course, she rips into women. So now, of course, she has a little platform. So now, of course, we're talking to her, but we're talking to her for all the wrong reasons. A diversity hire that hates women that actually worked hard to get in a position and have their own thoughts. That's like 1950s. That's like Melrose Place. That's like freaking Dynasty. Guys, suck. You suck, Nancy Amore. You suck, any of you transgender dudes that are trying to make your way in women's sports. You just suck. That's all. You just suck. Awful. Awful human beings, weak men, weak women, whatever the hell you call yourself, you're just weak. You're ridiculous. Make men look bad. It's time for us to get back to being real men. All you got to do is go to Nassau Street, walk into the Starbucks at Princeton University, and you're going to see the most effeminate men you've ever seen in your life and women dressed up like cartoon characters. It's time we get back to being real men and stop this crap. Stop this absolute garbage. It's garbage. What's going on? I want to be a girl. So I'm going to race against girls. No, you want to be a girl? You were born a boy. You race against boys. I want to be a boy. Play with the girls. The dude at Yale wants to be a girl. Why does the dude at Yale playing softball, who is a boy, transitioning to being a girl, get to play with the girls, and why does Leah Thomas, who's a boy, transitioning to be a girl, play with the girls? Can anybody explain that to me? I'll explain it to you because none of these weak, entitled posses could compete against men. Just the way it is. I don't care. And you guys can get mad at me all you'd like. You can crush my soul. I got to tell you, I've had enough. I've absolutely had enough. Jeez, it's amazing to me. All right, uh, I got a lot to talk to you about. All right, I got my five top athletes of all time. Of all time. And by the way, I just turned my big fat you-know-what on my TV and I'm watching me on the big screen. Yeah, that's right. I'm watching me on the big screen, baby. Nancy and more. Go blank yourself. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Yeah, I stand by it. Go F yourself, Nancy Amore. You piece of sh... Yeah, whatever. But, you know, Sarah Spain might get mad. But these idiots have me just... These idiots are so ridiculous that you just... You can't stop making fun of them. Like, when I get on something, I can't stop making fun of them. 
I just can't. I, I can't. I mean, that's, you know, I can't stop. All right, top five athletes in my world. Your world may be different. I saw somebody say, Bo Jackson's guy. Yeah, maybe for you, not for me. Top five athletes of all time, five. In sixth grade, there was a guy named Cliff Jenkins. Cliff Jenkins was shooting jump shots from the top of the key. Over his head, sixth grade jump shots. He was touching the rim in sixth grade. He was throwing the fastest fastball in sixth grade at Junedale Little League. He was a year older than me, and I never saw a better athlete in my life than sixth grade Cliff Jenkins. That's right. I don't think he ever played a sport in high school, but I don't care. My brother and I always called it Cliff Jenkins disease. Cliff Jenkins was a stud in sixth grade. Him and Tim Seneff, but Tim Seneff ended up being an all-academic, all-American defensive back at Purdue. Tim Seneff's greatest eighth grade, but he was great in high school and was great in college. Cliff Jenkins, ladies and gentlemen, was the man. And here's the deal. Every one of you, every single one of you has a Cliff Jenkins growing up. You can, you can tell me right now. Right now, Pat Burns was a guy that was in my class. Pat was the best CYO running back for two years, seventh and eighth grade. Pat was a wrestler. I don't think he ever played football, and I don't think he ever wrestled in high school. But Pat Burns is now one of the foremost dog trainers of retrievers in the country. Look it up, baby. And he's a broadcaster on the Retriever Network, which is a thing that is very popular. But nobody touched, and I mean nobody, touched Cliff Jenkins in sixth grade. When Cliff Jenkins walked in and started shooting jump shots from the top of the key, girls cheerleaders swooned, and the guys on the other team fell out. Go get them, sixth grade Cliff Jenkins. You're a bad, bad man. Number four, Carl Lewis. Yeah, I know Carl Lewis. He sung the national anthem. I know people are mad. I know, I know, I know. Whatever you think of Carl Lewis, that's on you. That ain't on me because in the Olympics, Carl Lewis made me stand up and go, whoa, whoa. Is Carl Lewis racing? Guess what I'm doing? I'm watching. You guys may say Bo Jackson, and you may say, well, when Bo Jackson was a hitter, I watched. Well, maybe you did. I did. I did. Carl Lewis, nine gold medals, one silver medal, eight world championships, two Pan American games, three Goodwill games. The man was a freaking stud. I mean, I said, look at this. 84 Olympics, 100 meter, 200 meter, four by 100. The long jump, ladies and gentlemen, all gold. Seoul Olympics, 100 meter, gold. Uh, Seoul Olympics, long jump, gold. Barcelona Olympics, uh, four by 100 meter, gold. Barcelona Olympics, long jump, gold. 96 Olympics, long jump, gold. I'm telling you, that was a bad boy. That was the baddest of boys. And if you don't believe me, you weren't paying attention. I'm just telling you. You were not paying attention because that man could go get her done. And I mean get her done like nobody I know could get her done. I mean done. He was great. Number two, don't at me about this. I didn't care about his politics then, and I don't care about his politics now. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a freak. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the second best basketball player I have ever seen. There are pictures of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, oh, wait, number three, Tiger Woods. My bad. Hold the phone. 
Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, must-see TV. Big moment. You know what was going to happen. Tiger was going to chip it up the hill on 16 at Augusta National in the fourth round, the final round, and bring it down the hill. Ball was going to hang on the lip, and then it was going to go in. You knew it. He did it. He was never, ever, ever a guy that you ever thought was going to crap the bed. Tiger Woods comes up, and his dad says he's going to be like Muhammad Ali. Well, Muhammad Ali used to like to throw that thing around uh, on various women, and Tiger matched that. His dad said he was going to be Gandhi. He never got quite there. Stupid Perkis's waitress is not exactly Dalai Lama slash Gandhi. But I don't know what was going on in his marriage. Who am I to judge? You do you, baby. And he did, and he always did it well. Tiger Woods, to this day, even though he is done, it's done. You can make up whatever you want. Talk to Ryan Bird. The leg looks awful. Uh, Tiger Woods, to this day, ladies and gentlemen, to this day, is must-see TV for me. He never choked. I'm sure he did, but I don't remember it. All I remember is him doing great things at the biggest moments, period. Now... To Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a.k.a. Louis L. Sindor. Lou L. Sindor, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, is the second greatest basketball player I've ever seen. He's the most dominant basketball player I have ever seen. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar could jump this freaking high. There are pictures of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar blocking shots where he is literally, no, that's a lie. People say it, almost to the top of the backboard. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar every night, had, when he came into the NBA, had a play against, uh, I think he, I don't think he played against Russell, but Chamberlain was there, Willis Reed was there, Bob Lanier was there, Nate Thurman was there. I can go on, 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 and on. Bill Walton was there. Our guy Kent Benson tried Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and got his ass knocked out. I mean, knocked out. I'm just telling you. And don't mess with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He played till he was 120 years old. One of the reasons was because Magic Johnson came in and revitalized him. Another reason was he lost a ton of money in a house fire, had an agent that screwed him, so Kareem had to play to pay the bills. Now, he disliked things American, so what? That's all a ruse. Everybody dislikes things when they're living on top of a Hollywood mansion and stooping everything that walks. Then you become a philosopher and we all got to listen to you. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wasn't good. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was great. And one of the great run-jump-long athletes in the history of not only the NBA, but in the history of this country. Look it up. Michael Jordan's the number one athlete I've ever seen. Now, I know I whipped Michael Jordan's ass in, on the basketball court. I know Michael Jordan tried me a few times and he couldn't get by me because these feet are just too quick. I know that Michael Jordan still hears about it from people. I know that scrubs that couldn't play at Michigan or Toledo make videos showing Michael Jordan's uh, four or five baskets against me and say how bad, you know, and it's overblown. I don't know. I just go by what Bob Knight and Billy Packer, two guys that are respected in basketball, says, and I kicked the living hell out of Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan is the best athlete that I ever witnessed because he had 
every single thing that you wanted. Was he strong? Unbelievably. Was he big? His shoulders were this wide. Was he tough? All I know is he had a lot of Tiger Woods in him. In the biggest moments, or Tiger Woods had a lot of Jordan in him. In the biggest moments, guess who showed up the most? Michael freaking Jordan. He did. Wasn't a fraud. Wasn't a phony. Sure, he gambled. Sure, he was out there slinging it around. Uh, he and Janet Jackson and others getting it done in the uh, in between the sheets. But that's part of being Michael Jordan. Uh, I felt bad for his wife until she got about $300 million. I always felt bad for his kids. I recruited one, and I really liked him. But I'm like, man, you got to be a hell of a dude to survive all of that. And they did, and they are thriving. In fact, one of them, Marcus, is currently stooping. Scotty Pippen, Jordan's sidekick, his ex-wife, which is one of the greatest stooping stories ever. No, it really is. No, it's a great stooping story. I love a good stooping story. I love when I hear the word stooping of the rich and famous, but Scott, or excuse me, Scotty Pippen's ex-wife, no tipping Pippen, his ex-wife, Larsa, she of the, I think she has a valve right here, and when she needs them, she inflates the rack. Because every time I see her, her rack just gets bigger. And it's glorious. Uh, he, she, I'm sorry, is stupid. Marcus Jordan, the oldest of Michael's two sons. Is that a great stupid story or what? Is that a top fiver? I'm not sure I've ever heard of that. Like Mike Kekich and Fritz Peterson back on the Yankees in the day, they swapped wives. They did. Look it up. Mike Kekich... Fritz Peterson. They wife swapped when they were on the Yankees. I like your wife better than me. I like mine. Well, you know what? I like your wife better than I like mine. Let's just switch it over here. That's a great stupid story. That's one of the all-time greatest. All right? But I got to tell you, uh, Michael Jordan's little kids were running around while Larsa and No Tip and Pippin were getting it done. And next thing you know, huh, that little kid grew up. I'm going to start giving him the business. All right. I ain't mad about it. I ain't mad at all. Uh, DD beat MJ on the court in the golf course, which makes DD the greatest athlete of all time. Thank you, Brad Buffington. You could not be more right. You are 1,000% right. Do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. And let's have us a day. But there you go. That's my top five. Cliff Jenkins is in anybody from Northwest Indiana slash St. Peter and Paul. I graduated 76 from Peter and Paul. So anybody from 74, 73, you got to know uh, Cliff Jenkins was it. Of course, Carl Lewis just looking up. I mean, God dang, that was a bad boy. Tiger Woods speaks for himself. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan. I don't know how you have a better list. I mean, people can argue with me. Maybe some people do think Bo Jackson. Maybe you see people uh, do think Jesse Owens. I wasn't around to see him. Maybe some people think Jim Brown, but I disqualified Jim Brown because Jim Brown threw women off balconies. Uh, I disqualified Kobe Bryant because he was a rapist. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I know he's a girl dad, and I know everybody loses their mind, but let's be honest about what Kobe Bryant was, what he paid off. He was, he did, uh, he paid it off, and he bought his wife, you know, basically the gemstone of all gemstone to say, I'm sorry. Now he's a girl dad. world is weird. Anyway, all right. Huh. That was fast. That was good. I got to catch my breath. Who are your least favorite two people in the world? My brother asked me this question as we were playing golf. I want you to think about this. Who are your least favorite two people in the world? 
I answered my brother. I said, you know, this is very odd for me, but Hillary Clinton is one and Joe Biden is the other because I don't like people that just stare at you and lie to you. It's just, I just don't. And here's my thing. When I lose respect for someone, I just can't stop. Like I have no respect for Greg Doyle. So I just can't stop. I just don't respect. He's a coward. Whenever you stoop married women and then you stalk your coworker, you're a coward. You just, I'm sorry you are. But anyway, I, so I can't stop, right? I can't, but I can't stop on AJ Guyton and Luke Recker ruining Indiana basketball. I'm sorry. You all don't believe it. I cannot stop. I cannot stop on Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. However, my brother's answer was this. My brother's answer was Meghan Markle, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. So Meghan Markle, according to the UTA, uh, I forget what that is, but whatever, uh, CEO says uh, Meghan Markle was not a great audio talent or necessarily any kind of talent. And you know, just because you're famous doesn't make you great at something. Harry and Meghan, unproductive. That is the chiefs of both Spotify and Netflix. And I'm not surprised by this. Who would be surprised by this? Seriously. Who would be surprised that Meghan Markle, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have no talent? Meghan Markle was hot in suits. I never heard of Meghan Markle. Never heard of her. Not one time until I watched Suits and then I'm like, huh, that's a hot woman right there. Yeah, that's a hot lady. And I watched Suits and I thought Suits was pretty good. I thought she was kind of, as this guy say, untalented. And now they're just an annoyance. And now they're ridiculous. And now I wish I wouldn't talk about them. But my brother did ask me the question. Uh, ESPN heavily is promoting a news article criticizing the NHL uh, because the NHL said, yeah, no more of sex. No more pride jerseys. Uh, no more. And the LGBT community is mad at the NHL. Look, lesbians, uh, gay guys, I don't care who you're screwing. It don't matter to me. Go out and screw a sheep for all I care. Go out and screw your brother. Your si- I don't care. It doesn't matter to me even a little bit. But I go to a basketball game or I go to a football game, and I don't necessarily need to see, oh, I don't know, advertising that a dude screws a dude and a chick screws a chick. I don't need to see that. Why would I? People say, well, you got to get rid of the military too, don't you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Those are heroes. The LGBTQ community, uh, as I see them, dancing around naked in front of little children, are a combination, probably very nice people, pedophiles, and mental health problems. That's what I see. I'm sure, you know, but that's everybody. Like, that's every organization. We can say that these are the greatest people, but we'd be lying. It's no different than police. It's no different than broadcasters. I mean, you got all the, you got all kind of idiots. You just do. Hell, the guy, the producer uh, for Chris Cuomo just went to jail for 19 years for bringing in nine-year-old girls and their mothers and teach them, quote, how to have sex. There's all kind of crazy people. Don't act like these people are any special. They're people that like to have sex. They just choose to have a dude with a dude, a chick with a chick. Most of them would probably do each other. Who knows? Who cares? But I don't need to see it on a jersey. I come for a baseball game or I come for a hockey game. And, of course, ESPN is going to really, 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 truly promote this because that's all they got. 
That's all I got. If you're going to go for real news, you come to OutKick. You can go anywhere for scores. You can go anywhere for an update of scores. What does ESPN really have? I don't have anything. There's nothing there. I'm not trying to be a jackass, but what's what would you go to ESPN for if it didn't have live games? You wouldn't. I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, it's just the way I look at it. Chinese nationals crossing the U.S. border with really disturbing intentions. Now, we have seen this, have we not? We have seen this. Um, we, ladies and gentlemen, have seen this many, many times. And we have heard this. We've seen a 300% increase in Chinese nationals illegally crossing our southern border compared to last year. Now, I got to tell you, this is a catastrophe. This is bad business. This is bad news. Why do you think China wants to get so many of these people in here? We are in real trouble as a country. We really are. You haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. It's coming to Indy. It's coming to Chicago. It's coming everywhere. This illegal border and the people we are letting in, it's coming. Make no mistake, today, tomorrow, the next day, it's coming, and we are going to have to deal with it, either in terms of a home invasion. Don't tell me these people are dreamers. They're not. Some maybe. But they emptied prisons in Venezuela. They emptied prisons in China. They emptied prisons in Mexico because this border crisis is real. And you can act like it's not, and you can try to get on the right side of the media, and you can say, hey, look, look at how great I am. I got a sign. Nobody's illegal. The hell they aren't. Gatestone Institute senior fellow Gordon Chang warns of Chinese migrants crossing the border and working as saboteurs for the first day, the first day of war. I'm just telling you. Uh, anybody that, one of the great things, one of the great things that happens, one of the great things is this. Um, one of the great things about having this job is now I pay attention to everything. I do. I pay attention. I really can't have conversations with many people because most people don't. They really don't. Like people think, people want to actually believe my neighbor's got one of those signs. No one's illegal. Black lives matter. Okay, great. That's great. But you know what? We'll see what happens when an illegal immigrant comes into our neighborhood and tries to rob him or us or anybody else. Because it's coming. You think it's not? And you could say this is racist, whatever you want. <laughs> it's fact. All you got to do is pay attention on who's coming in. Trump wasn't wrong. When he said that these countries, particularly South American, now Chinese, uh, are sending their worst, they are. Uh, Kevin McCarthy says he'll start impeachment of a Attorney General Merrick Garland by July 6th over bombshell IRS whistleblower testimony that he inferred in a criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. Like, I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like if Kevin McCarthy and the rest really wanted to do something, they would really start standing up. They would really, uh, they, there would be a hearing, there would be people called in, and we would see it on TV. But, hey, look, whatever little thing that the Republicans can do, they can do. But let me tell you something. You can read all of this stuff that you want about polls, about Biden being this, about uh, Camilla Harris being that, about DeSantis up here, about Trump being here above. I'm going to tell you. The Democrats have this rigged. I said it at midterms. I initially believed it was going to be a wave, right? A red wave, that kind of thing. Oh, here we go. But then I started paying attention. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, the Democrats, the liberals have this thing rigged, and they have it rigged big time. 
They have it rigged with all of the ballot stuffing, the ballot harvesting. They have it harvesting. They have it rigged with this mail-in votes. They have it rigged where fat asses can't get off their ass and go get an ID to vote. You don't know who's voting in these mail-in votes. Of course you don't. But they got it rigged. And if you don't think they do, then you just haven't paid attention. If you don't think they do, then you haven't been or you didn't grow up in the Chicagoland area where every election was rigged. So stop with that. So you can do whatever you want. You can have impeachments. You can have polls. But what I got to see somehow, some way is a boots on the ground effort by the Republicans to combat what is essentially, essentially tampering with elections. And until you do that, you got no shot. As my dear friend Pilar used to say, you ain't got no shot. And he ain't lying. All right, let's woke a dope it, baby. Let's wokey and dopey. And by the way, I got good news. Our golf outing is going to sell out. I am going there this afternoon, and I, ladies and gentlemen, am going to set up the course how we want it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to sell that bad boy out. We're going to raise some money for kids. If you want to donate, go to dandockage.com. We got a donation button. That's right. That's right. All right, what do we got? Uh, Dockage likes the loser. I do. I love losers. I mean, look, if you are defending Biden, you're an idiot. Uh, Police looking for any information about this man caught not wearing a mask in a supermarket. Oh, geez. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if you can see the guy holding a gun and robbing. Uh, San Francisco encourages robbing. San Francisco is a hellhole. And frankly, San Francisco would be more worried about a guy not wearing a mask than he would, they would, of a guy holding a gun, wearing a mask, robbing a joint. All right, there you go. Man, isn't it great? That, ladies and gentlemen, is the great city of San Francisco. When you walk into the party holding a Bud Light, look at the faces. Look at the disgust on the sorority girls. Dude, dude. You got a Bud Light, man. What are you doing, dude? What are you thinking? You got a Bud Light. Look, I say this. I say we never, ever, 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 not one time, ever buy a Bud Light. Ever. Ever, never. I'm not buying an Anheuser-Busch product. Awful announcing. I got to read you this from Awful Announcing. This is unbelievable. This is how bad the media is. Now, Awful Announcing is run by a guy named Little Benny Koo. Benny Koo, it was one of the, I don't know, he made money in Silicon Valley or whatever, right? So uh, Troy Aikman wants you to know that his beer is the only true American beer, whatever that means. Whatever that means. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you there, Sean Keeley. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, you don't understand it? What's the problem? I, I don't know. Whatever that means. Well, you got to understand little Sean Keeley and the little turds at Awful Announcing. They are so far left that they literally can't think straight. Whatever that means, I don't know what to tell you. What do you mean, whatever it means? It means, let me read it to you. It means that his beer is the only true American beer. If you think Anheuser-Busch is, you're wrong. It's a Belgium-owned company. I mean, that ain't hard. We got another woke dope. Oh, yeah. Boy, is that good. Wow, is that good. 
That is so good. Honest to God. Man. That, ladies and gentlemen, when Biden, when other countries need help, Biden, it's what we call paying back a bribe. That's what we call it. It's called paying back a bribe, the picture on the left. The picture on the right is him doing what he does. He ain't out here to help nobody. He literally is the worst president of my generation. My generation started basically in 1972 when Tricky Dick Nixon was so stupid that even though he was going to win the election in a complete landslide, he sent some moronic Cubans and some moronic staff members into the Watergate Hotel and tried to bug it. And then, of course, he became the poster child for the cover-up is bigger than the crime because all of the clowns covered it up. Fast forward, Jimmy Carter, the dumbest. How you doing? I'm Jimmy Carter. We're going to get inflation. I'm going to be weak. The island toll is going to take us over. We're going to pay high gas prices. And now we're back to Jimmy Carter and this idiot, uh, this guy, this president, who literally sniffs little girls, Side boobs superstar, uh, side boobs uh, Hollywood actress Eva Longoria said that his dumbass, crack ridden, meth ridden, criminal son is the smartest guy that he knows, lies at every turn about personal stuff, professional stuff, political stuff, is now the worst president we have ever seen in my lifetime, surpassing, ladies and gentlemen, the great Jimmy Carter. How about that? Ah, last thing. So I'm watching ESPN last night. And I got to tell you, Mina Kimes is the worst I've ever heard. Lee and I were sitting outside. And I wasn't sure how to work the TV, so we had it on NFL Live. They had some big clown, I don't know, Antonio Brown or Orlando. I'm wearing a hat. Wearing a hat on the set. This is how dumb this guy is. So he's saying nothing because he's a big, fat football player. And then they throw it to this lady named Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes starts talking, and Lee looks at me. He goes, who is this? She's horrible. She was awful. I know she's America's victim. I know. I know that she always, and I mean always, plays the victim. She has to. That's who she is. But I got to tell you, I never heard her speak. I know she's cute, and I know, you know, she's got a kind of an Asian thing, and everybody, oh, she's great. And then when you criticize her, she cries and whines and bitches and moans. But she was so freaking awful. Like, horrible. I did not know this. I, I did not. I thought Diane Rossini was the worst. I thought Nicole Briscoe was the worst. I did. I did not know. I thought Kimberly Martin was by far the worst. She interrupts everybody. Whoever the hell Kimberly Martin is. I mean, we know why she's on, but whoever she is. African-American ladies, that's why she's on. There's no other reason. But I got to tell you, Mina Kimes is the worst. Horrible. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Now, the other side, the best. Uh, Kyle Peterson, Chris Budd, Kyle Ravitch, Scotty Johnson. The College World Series. The College World Series is always, ESPN folks will tell you, the best production of the year because Scott Johnson is the best director. Been doing it 35 years. People always ask me about ESPN. 
Well, I decided to leave ESPN when Scott Johnson and I got taken off the ACC tournament for two guys, diversity hires, of course. One, you know what? Okay, announcer. The other had never been a director in an ACC game. But two middle-aged white guys, we got taken off. Thank God Clay called me, and I called Clay, and we got it worked out here because I was leaving ESPN. I mean, damn, I can see the writing on the wall. you got to look beyond your nose. A lot of you can't. But the truth of the matter is, Scott Johnson's the best director at ESPN. They keep Kyle Peterson, even though you don't know who Kyle Peterson is, but he's been doing the College World Series forever. Ravage is terrific and has a passion for the College World Series. And Chris Button, Budden, is awesome. And it's America. You didn't see diversity. You saw merit. I don't care if it's black, white. I don't care. Merit. Like the guys, Brian Custer was hosting this morning ESPN's Get Up. Brian Custer took over in the place of Dave Fleming, who's a great announcer with the Giants, Mike Tirico, who you all know, Dave O'Brien, who's a great announcer. Those are the three guys that did Tuesday night games, uh, Big Super Tuesday with me. And Rob, now Robbie Hummel has to go with a guy named Brian Custer, who is so bad that the people in the truck text me during the game. How did this guy get this job? But you know, have a great day, Nick, Dylan. Thanks to everybody on the show. Katie, of course, Haley. We got a great team going here. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All of you on the YouTube chat, thank you. And keep putting out our content.